Okay, well, hi, um, I'm Brian Gallagher, Chief Sales Officer of Southern Cross Australia, or SCA. Um, we are Australia's largest radio audio broadcaster. Um, we're um, Australia's largest affiliate television broadcaster. Um, and we're a business that's very much focused on uh, evolving our, our, our radio product into a, a very large suite of, um, of digital audio uh, assets. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again for, for joining me, Brian. I wanted to ask, I was, um, I, I sort of got some insights that you guys were really, you know, when the pandemic started a year, you know, a year ago, uh, this, this weekend, um, you know, I, I was informed that SCA was really helping local businesses, uh, you know, th throughout the pandemic. And I, I'm curious how that was accomplished. Yeah, it, it is our very great privilege to have a very strong advertiser base that is uh, very SME oriented. So we're very unique in that sense. Um, as 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 a, a, a leading uh, traditional media company, um, here uh, the majority of um, the major network revenue comes from the national advertiser base. You know, Kellogg's and Pfizer and all the rest of that group. Um, but a very large percentage share of our revenue comes from um, small to medium businesses. Um, and that's because of our, the nature of our broadcast um, uh, service, which is essentially we have 100 radio stations located all over ge the geography of Australia. So we're very widely distributed with discrete local services. So those local small to medium businesses take good advantage of that. So when the pandemic hit and shutdown happened, um, you know, those local businesses were the ones that got hit the hardest. So um, we had to figure uh, out um, how we were going to come out of the other side of the pandemic with as many of those businesses fit and ready uh, to emerge as well because there's no point coming out of this on our own. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so we immediately uh, entered into a national um, nationally delivered but locally focused, as in in each separate market, shop local campaign. So uh, we, we, we put a whole audio uh, thing together around uh, shop local as a, as a core message and we ran advertising spots uh, encouraging people to, um, you know, while you could go and shop, um, you know, with e-commerce e outlets and, you know, that may be the most convenient way for you to do that. There are people on the street right now who have their businesses are running, um, who have opened up their websites, who have made their stock available to you. Um, please support them. And then because of the, the very highly social nature of radio, we were also able to use our morning shows and our drive shows and our, our, our daytime shows to get consumers to actually call in and tell stories about um, great local vendors, what they were doing and how they'd help them. And um, also we were able to support local vendors that were doing great things for the community on a charity basis. So oh. um, restaurants that might have pivoted to home delivered meals, but were also um, you know, providing um, meal services to overworked uh, hospital staff and yeah. uh, those sort of things. So we were able to tell those stories, keep people encouraged, 
um, direct people to services, direct people to um, retail outlets and offers. And, um, you know, we see that very much the role of radio in the community to be doing that kind of thing. On a financial side, mm-hmm. um, we also reacted very quickly to the to the financial needs of our customer base. So we didn't, uh, you, you might be aware that, you know, media companies have, you know, cancellation deadlines and all sorts of other, you know, drop and charge penalties and all sorts of things that, um, you know, ensure that we try to keep keep a hold of the money uh, that, that that's, that's uh, booked with us in advance. And, and so we were very um, flexible around all those things and we let money drop and, um, you know, gave people the opportunity to exit. Um, but we also then, on the way back in, constructed um, staged uh, inventory rollouts um, with a staggered payment um, plan so that, um, you know, smaller clients were able to cash flow um, back into the recovery Interesting. and uh, not be kind of overburdened with short-term bills from us. Um, and we, we leveraged that out over a six-month period so that they were able to sort of get back on the horse, as it were, and start advertising directly. Interesting. And so I'm really curious, you know, a lot of these things that you implemented as a result of understanding where businesses and consumers were um, dur- during the pandemic in Australia, um, are there any learnings that you guys are taking away from that and really making it a core part of your business moving forward, pandemic or otherwise? Yeah, well, I think it reinforced a core tenet of our business, which is that we are a proudly national Australian media company, but we are fiercely locally focused. So um, the notion that, um, see, our, our, our biggest competitor set is not a rival radio station. Um, it's not a rival TV station. It's not the local newspaper. It's Google and Facebook, mm. right? Now, Google and Facebook can operate at any budgetary level. They operate in a dashboarded scenario, which, you know, green arrow points up, you're doing very well, put more money in. Red arrow, point, red arrow points down, you're not doing very well, put more money in. It's literally a slot machine for marketing um, with, you know, depending on how sophisticated a client you are, um, you can very quickly, you know, be put a lot, putting a lot of coins in the slot and inexplicably cost per acquisition just came, seems to rise inexorably. Um, so, yes, I know which part of my marketing dollar is working, but it's just taking more and more marketing dollars to get there. Um, that tension that the algorithms put into that normal day-to-day trade. So that's our competition because we really feel very strongly that um, uh, those platforms, while appearing convenient uh, and ineffectively or cost-effective, as it were, um, there's a hidden cost there, and and our and our as small to medium advertisers in the main um, don't really see how that works. So, not only are we there to sort of you know be fiercely local about our content and our connection with our communities, but we've implemented more and more executives who um, are expert in digital marketing in these communities, so that they can take a hold of those advertisers and say, yes, you should be in search. Yes, you should be in social, but you should be deploying in this manner. And, you know, naturally, if you're using radio and TV products and billboards or other advertising products, they all work together 
to create outcomes. So a lot of our advertisers in that space, you know, not being overly sophisticated in marketing strategy, they're very good at retailing or they're very good at manufacturing or they're very good at distribution. They may not necessarily be very good at marketing. So we play a real role there. And that the pandemic really shot a light on shone a lot on, on localism as a as a as a force for our business. From everything from the, the local breakfast show right through to the way we consult with the advertising partners in those communities. Knowing that you guys in, in Australia um, are coming out of the pandemic, uh, life is back to normal, specifically in regards to television, television viewing habits and such, what changes did you see take place during the pandemic that you feel are going to actually last post-pandemic? Yeah, so um, all of a sudden, and, and again, I guess I've been watching the US media market and the UK media market being quite westernised media media territories, and my observation of those markets over the last sort of fifteen years has been it's been very frustrating when you look at the at Australia through the lens of what's occurring in the US and the UK because television in those markets has just had inexorable growth. You know, just audiences might have been doing this, but the um, the, uh, the the pricing scarcity, or you know, you know, um, you know, access to quality audiences has driven up prices, and television audience, uh, uh, sorry, television revenues have just continued to climb um, at reasonable rates, and genuinely, at least getting to GDP levels, if not slightly above, in terms of inflation. Now, the, here the TV market just that hasn't been happening here in over ten years. Um, when the audiences go down, the media buyers expect the, the rates to go down. Um, the CPMs might might get a little bit toppy, but the gross amount of revenue going into the TV pot has fallen, um, and it's got a lot to do with the trading, the trading strategies of some of the larger TV vendors, which you know, I think are demonstrably flawed. And um, great if you're an advertiser, but shit if you're a um, Oh, you're not allowed to say that on uh, on your podcast. Terrible. Let me say terrible if you're a shareholder in a television network. Um, <laughs> you've got to sort of you've got to vet those Australians. They're terrible. Um, the um, they're terrible if you're a television uh, network shareholder. But um, what happened in the pandemic uh, was that um, television became the focus uh, of communication. It was a channel of choice for communicating uh, brand messages, major messages. Audience levels obviously went up um, because of lockdown and so forth. Um, you know, a lot of those audience levels have gone back to normal um, in more recent months, but what has stayed behind is the sense, the correct sense that advertising on television actually works. Um, and so, um, the larger advertisers, the, 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 the you know, the, the top hundred kind of advertisers that are responsible for obviously the, the, the bulk of the big brand money, they've just fled back to television. Um, so I think that's been a real positive because if it wasn't working, they wouldn't be there today. So there's been a bit of a shift in, um, in intention. Um, it's also supercharged um, the uh, BVOD 
um, catch-up TV, BVOD services that are owned by the networks, it's supercharged their growth. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah, their revenue growth. So not only have their audiences um, on their BVOD services, um, their apps and so forth, their, their CTV services um, been growing quite strongly over the last few years, but the revenue is now meeting that growth, um, which is a real shift because it was lagging. Um, and uh, and now it appears to be uh, catching up with um, with the viewers, which is terrific. So a real flight to quality, I think you might call it, um, that I think will stay with us for a while. Um, there is a real positive um, demand curve that we can see uh, for television um, going through the rest of this year and I think beyond. So I think that would be the single biggest change um, for mine. And what about audio? You know, radio tuning, music streaming, podcast consu- podcast consumption. Mm. How has the pa- has the pandemic sped up the growth of online listening? Um, yeah. Do you see it slowing down post pandemic? Uh, no. Um, you know, people tend to stick with something they like when they find it, and. You know, consumers, they love choice and simplicity. So, um, you know, we have uh, been very fortunate to see that, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic, broadcast radio audiences are holding up, in fact, growing. So we had uh, the outcomes of the most recent survey came through yesterday um, and we've had something like a 5% increase in reach on broadcast alone. Um, so did everybody else, So, which is great. It's great for radio as such. But, you know, for us, uh, and again, this is Australia, where it's got, um, you know, uh, 27 million people in it. Um, our radio services across metro and regional markets reach in any given month around 7.5 million Australians. So, you know, that's big from a radio perspective. Um, and um, it's interesting for me to note that today our digital reach, that is the people that only listen to us on an app or on a desktop or through one of our services, just on our radio services alone is, a, is about 2 million people. That's a very high percentage of our total reach. And then we pick up another 1.5 million who just listen to our podcasts. Um, and so that ecosystem of uh, uh, radio station streaming and podcast downloading um, has become, you know, quite scaled. And the growth on that is actually continuing um, compounding each month. So that's really exciting uh, because you can see a point where our digital audience delivery will cross over the size of our, 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 our broadcast delivery, which is really exciting. Um, we recently launched a, an app to consolidate all those services in one place, but we also, at the same time, decided to invest in a, a hell of a lot more content. So within that app, you've got our, our, our 100 broadcast stations that you can access live. You've got all the podcasting that those stations produce, catch-up radio shows that you can access on demand. Then you've got hundreds of podcasts that you can um, access on demand. We've introduced a new concept called Shortcasts, which plays to our fiercely local um, 
agenda, which is that, um, you know, for some of our, you know, many of our regions are now producing three, four minute um, podcasts, which are all about what's on in the local community or other, other specific local news type of podcasts, and they're taking off. And then we've got a whole bunch of um, um, themed streaming radio stations that we're not broadcasting, they're just coming through the app, uh, you know, and they, um, they're they just now exponentially growing our digital audience. So this has been um, a real revelation for us because, you know, we sort of thought, well, if we build it, will they come? And, um, and that's exactly what's happening. So, you know, audio is an interesting one because, um, you know, once you start producing all these, um, you know, very localised pieces of content and these very popular pieces of content and you put in the hands of a consumer um, the opportunity to be able to get those uh, pieces of content when and how they want them, um, radio be, audio itself becomes incredibly ubiquitous in, 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 the, in, the, in the day of a consumer. Um, we're touching consumers at so many different stages and many different consumers with different types of products. So the opportunity for us now um, through our first party data that we're picking up through the app is to really aggregate that beautifully and seamlessly for the advertisers. And so we're creating a whole new advertiser story. And I think that's pretty exciting. Ryan, thank you so much for this uh, interesting insights into uh the Australian media marketplace. I really appreciate it. Oh, you can go on for hours. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. To achieve more from your marketing spend, contact Active International today.